On today's show, we're finishing up our run around the NBA with our biggest questions for the teams in the NBA today. Whew, a coincidence that we got the Wolves and the Pelicans as two of our big teams. What are some big questions for them? The Jazz as well. Blazers, Suns got some big questions. We'll talk about those teams and more in the Western Conference. Nick Angstead, Adam Mares here on Friday's edition of Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 10,000 paces east. Oh, east? I thought you said weast. Weast. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And joining me, as always, on a Friday from the Locked On Nuggets podcast and DNVR, it's Adam Mares. What you got for me, Adam? Nick, we're putting the off-season to bed. We're putting it to rest. It's time to go to the on-season. The on-season is here. Oh, the on-season. Gotta love it. There's a bunch of teams that have media day today as well on Friday, so I'm sure a lot of stuff will be coming out. People will be uh, gaining pounds, losing pounds. People will be (laughs) in the best shape of their life. Uh, What are the other media day tropes that we should be looking out for today? I think a lot of teams are going to want to play fast. Um, Yes, with with space and pace, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're going to shoot more threes. We're going to take more threes. Oh, the classic Mavericks is this year we're going to play defense. This year yeah, exactly. is the year we're going to play some defense. We're going to focus on defense. We're going to be better totally. on defense. We're going to shoot more threes. We're going to space the floor. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good stuff on media day. So uh, enjoy it if your team. I know the Mavericks and a lot of teams have theirs on Monday. So we'll be covering that on all the podcasts. Thanks for making Lockdown NBA your first listen of the day. Go listen to Lockdown Mavs. We had a great game pod today talking about Haral Bob Balgaris. That was a big, huge-ass story that came out for the Mavericks that uh, people have been asking about all summer. We talked about that. Uh, go listen to Lockdown Nuggets if you want to hear about uh, all the good stuff happening with Nikola Jokic going into the season. All great stuff from Adam and Matt. All right, today we're going to get into some big questions, but before we do, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them that Lockdown sent you. Okay, big questions. Like I said, we're going to be doing the Minnesota Timberwolves, New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder, Phoenix Suns, Portland Trailblazers, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and Utah Jazz. We've been going in alphabetical order. We did the East the last two weeks. Last week, we did the first round of the Western Conference teams, and now we're finishing up the Western Conference teams. A big question for every single team. The first one, Minnesota Timberwolves. They've got some big questions now. Basically, who runs the ship? But I think my bigger question is, how do they... How do the pieces fit together and what's the direction, right? It just seems like yeah. all that kind of goes together into one for me. So I'm not going to lie, Nick, coming into this week, I was ready for Minnesota to be the team I was highest on. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I know everybody sees the number. They're, they're 10th seed or 11th seed, something like that in the West. I think they're going to be a play-in team. I think there's excitement. Chris Finch is, a, I think, a very interesting offensive uh, basketball ma- mastermind. So I thought this was going to be the year, but – a week before training camp begins, you get such a curveball like this with a change of management. I think now I look at them and I just go, can they overcome it? Are we still going to be talking about this in two, three weeks or even four weeks when the actual season begins? That's my fear because this was my – I want to. I don't want to know if Cinderella team is right, but they were a little bit of a Cinderella for me where I thought, hey, this team is better than people are giving them credit for, and this is the year they break out. Yeah, they had a lot of signs where, you know – 
Towns only played 50 games last year. You had D'Angelo Russell only played 42 games last year. Some people may think that that's a, a positive thing instead of a negative <laughs> right. thing. Malik Beasley only played 37 games for them last year. They had a lot of turmoil, a lot of – when you have young guys that don't get to play together a lot, I think that, that can be really detrimental for your team. Anthony Edwards is out there taking – 20 shots a game to end, to end the season. I remember us talking about him for right. when we were talking about rookie of the year. But, uh, yeah, they, they had a, a lot of that stuff happen. Hopefully they'll get all their guys back and be healthy, come into the season. All those guys should all get better too, which is crazy because right. they're all super young. Anthony Edwards is going to be 20. Russell and Towns are like 25, 26. They're still getting better and in their prime. And, They've got uh, some talent, especially offensive talent. And last year, this is why I think they could be a little bit better than what what expectations are is last year they had a million things go wrong for them mm. so the number you know it happens like you look at last year's record and you say okay they improved by x amount of games but i think last year's record is artificially depressed and that's why i think this year they can make a, a larger leap but again turmoil a week before camp that's just you never want that do you think that stuff like this like i mean we, we saw that Towns tweeted out WTF dot dot dot. It, it sure. was crazy timing. We you know the we're talking about the Gerson Rosas firing. There was talks. I'm sure they talked. They talked about it yesterday in Lockdown NBA. Ben Beacon on Lockdown Wolves went into it in a great detail. But there was talks of an inappropriate relationship. The Wolves came out and said that that relationship, you know, uh, with Rosas and another member of the organization, was not the reason why they fired him. It was for performance reasons. But that that reason that that relationship did not help. And so right. he was fired and let go. Basically. He runs the whole offseason, does all this right, stuff, new ownership right. comes in, and then either the, either the new ownership just found out about all this stuff and were like, we can't have this guy stick around, or they finally just were like, all right, now we got now that the offseason's over, we can make these moves that we've been waiting on doing right. and get this guy out of here. Do you think that a move like that affects a team as much as it just seems like chaos to, to me, right? Like, is it just chaos to the fans, or is it actually going to affect the, the actual team on the floor? This is where a great coach and maybe even a great leader steps in and settles things and says, you know, hey, the season's beginning. All that outside outside noise, including outside these very building, the the walls of this very building, uh, you know, we just have to ignore that. And and if you have a strong leader, I mean, this is just one more thing to throw on Chris Finch's plate to to sort of get them to overcome it. So it can be, but I'm not necessarily sure because given the track record in Minnesota and just how dysfunctional things have been for so long, I do think that this sort of is just another thing that you throw on the pile. And by the way, one of the stories hanging over the NBA right now is Ben Simmons and where is he going to go? Minnesota is one of the top destinations when you talk about this. And if you now have a void at the top of your your decision-making, you have to think that could affect things as well, their ability to get him or – just the ability to control any type of narrative about are we in talks, are we now uh, not? That that just that's why I think this will be a bigger distraction than it should be. And it's not like they have a bunch of veteran players that are going to help them through this, right? Like right. they have Patrick Beverly's their oldest player by like two years, right? And then Ricky Ru- Ricky Rubio, then Jake Layman, then Towns. Like those are their four oldest players on the team. And yeah, they don't have veteran players to, to lean back on. So this is going to be fascinating watching this team. I was excited to see how they would put it all together, all these young guys. But uh, yeah, the turmoil. Rubio, we're seeing, Rubio by the way, he's, a, he's another one that got traded, traded. So he, he, I believe he's with Cleveland now. So he's he's with the Cavs. Oh yeah, he's still listed on Basketball I'm, Basketball yeah. Reference. Throwing yeah, man, me basketball, off. They're screwing us, man. That's basketball two weeks reference. in a row that Basketball Reference has got me on some of these. Sorry. Yeah, so it's so so it's just Patrick Beverly as the only veteran on this team. Basketball Reference hasn't had their media day yet. They're still I guess uh, not. No. Yeah, their media day is tomorrow. Hopefully, they got me last last week. Uh, okay, next question. Let's move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. 
Is Zion Williamson <laughs> actually unhappy? That's my question because there's been all these rumors, all this stuff. There's David Griffin messing up here and there, playing piano for him. Like, there's all kinds of weird stuff coming out of there. But the the only question I guess that really matters is: Is he unhappy? Does he want out? Is this going to end quicker than you know everybody expects it to? I mean, I've heard too many things that suggest that, and I don't know when we say unhappy, as in he's forcing his way out now. I don't, I don't think anything like that. But as in, does he like the way his career has started, and is he on the same page with the organization? Is the organization on the same page with everybody within the organization? I mean, that was part of the great story out of NOLA.com this week by by Christian Clark was, mm-hmm. hey, it, it sounds like there's people in the front office going at least giving sourced reports about things that have happened with David Griffin and, oh, we don't like him, and look at how he treated uh, Alvin Gentry, and he he would talk bad about him behind behind people's back. It, you just look at that and you go, wow, I don't know if Zion's asking out, but clearly he is both unhappy with the dysfunction and also maybe even a little bit a part of the dysfunction of that organization. Um, so they are another team that one week before training camp opens up, another team that seems to be entering the season with turmoil. Yeah, and then – what happens with David Griffin, right? Does anything happen with him? Is there enough stuff for them to be like, for, for Gail Benson to be like, yeah, let's get rid of this guy. Like, yeah. He's, right. And the, the team he's put together is not the best team on paper either. We're not, like we're now what, three or four years into this and they have Valanciunas starting at center, I guess. Then they have Zion. Then they have Brandon Ingram. That's your front court. And then you probably have, I guess, uh, Devonte Graham at one guard, uh, Jake mm. Madison thinks it'll be Nikhil Alexander Walker at the other guard, but I do too. I mean, he's he's a player, so I th- I think he will be him as well. Yeah, Sadoransky, Josh Hart, like those guys could also be in there. But like, is that is that good enough? Like, what's that getting right. you in in the West? And is is playing another like center that doesn't shoot threes that well? Jonas does it okay, but next to Zion, is that the thing? Like, you can't. I mean, there's right. just so many questions about this roster as well, along with the the turmoil in the front office and with Zion and all that. Well, Zion's really good, and that's the saving grace is we talk about turmoil, we talk about all this stuff. You do have a rookie coach, so it, once again, you need a coach that comes in and is a strong leader and says, hey, let's, it's time for us to focus on a unified goal. Willie Green, I, I, from by all accounts, everybody seems to really like him, especially players, really relate to him, so maybe he has that in him. But it's definitely an extra challenge you throw at a rookie coach as he walks into his very first training camp. You talk, though – both Rosas and now David Griffin, like the headlines have been some of the, the you know, the relationship in Rosas's case or with David Griffin, there was the hilarious anecdote about playing piano in Zion Williamson's room in a hotel <laughs> yes. room. Like you, you get all these weird things. But the truth is that he also, a year ago, said don't judge him because it's a tapestry of moves that I'm making, a tapestry of moves that are going to bring this roster. Well, are we still waiting on the tapestry? Because yeah. <laughs> the roster he's put together is not that great. Um, so I don't know. I will say, well, one last thing, a positive thing. Trey Murphy, very high on Trey Murphy. So mm. I'm excited. If I can give up a little, I know the New Orleans fans are upset right now thinking, oh, only the bad stuff. Trey Murphy, very, very interesting young player, and I'm excited to watch him play. Uh, yeah, to your to the tapestry thing, how many layers of this quilt, lines of this quilt have we seen already, right? Is it, yeah, like, right, right. Is it three? Is it four? But right. yeah, another positive for them. They're, I think they're like one – Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Kyra Lewis Jr. like leap. If they right. take like a mini leap next year, they're one leap from those guys away from from like getting to the play-in and actually being something in, in the Western Conference uh, because those I, guys I, still have you. potential. They have some guys that have – I mean, obviously Zion is MVP caliber upside, you know, to yeah. him. Best player in the league upside to him. But, you know, you also have Ingram who has made a lot of strides over the last couple seasons, and maybe he has another one in him. I, we kind of – 
I think me in my head, and I'm guessing there's other people that sort of have him as like, okay, he's at 90% his ceiling. And it, when you get to this point, it's like, okay, I could see the end point with him. Maybe not. Maybe he has another leap in him and he surprises us all. And then, as you mentioned, you know, Murphy and, and, uh, nah, they've got some guys there that, that could be interesting. <laughs> nah, that's one that works way better in print than it does. It, <laughs> definitely true. Up. All right, coming up, we got a ton more teams to get to. The Thunder, the Suns, the Blazers, the Kings. We'll talk about all those teams coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. They taste like a candy bar. They're delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate. The cookie dough chunk has been great. I got that box. I love the cookie dough yeah, chunk. Uh, they have actual like chunks of cookie dough in it. You're like, how is this possible that it's only 150 calories with only 6 grams of sugar? It's covered in 100% chocolate with cookie dough chunks in it. 15 grams of protein as well in that bar. You can get it now. Order it now before they run out. These new bars, they run out really quick. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off. You can also try a mixed box. If you want to try all the different flavors, you can also try like a box with three different flavors in it. You can get the the... I, if I was a connoisseur of built bars. I would go cookie dough chunk. Oh, a connoisseur of built bars. Wow. <laughs> I would go cookie dough chunk, mint brownie, and then I'd probably do like a fruit one. I would go like raspberry or cherry barcia, or maybe the orange. They're running out of that one. But you get all the, the whole spectrum of built bar then. If, if I was a, a connoisseur of built bars, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. Go use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Adam Mars, let's continue our list of the biggest questions for every single team in the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder, my big question for them, can they get Chet? <laughs> yeah, that is what they're playing for once again. That, I don't know what's interesting about this team. I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander is far enough along in his development and a good enough player that this is a year where you want to see him you know, competing for an all-star spot and making the leap and how high can he climb. And it's just so hard to do when you've got a roster that's built to lose like this. So I, in a lot of ways, I feel bad for him and feel bad for players that are three years into their career but are sort of stuck in, hey, we're still tanking. It's Yeah, it's it's strange for them. But they, they have some kind of a core working with, yeah, obviously, SGA and then Dort, Baisley, Giddy, like – like you're, I guess you're starting to try and put some guys together. Isaiah Roby had some fun moments last year. Poku <laughs> is probably the one that everyone has the big questions about because he's the most right. fun to watch. He probably has the highest upside of any of these young guys. So you you got this young core you're starting to put together of these guys that are just versatile, that can all kind of handle the ball, all kind of pass. Uh, some of them can shoot better than, than others. And, right. uh, there's, so, yeah, there's just a ton of questions for this team. But it's can they get the main piece, right? Is, I don't think SGA alone can be that guy. They, they hope that they could have gotten Cade Cunningham, but maybe Chet Holmgren in the draft is, is that guy. And so it seems to be a team that they're they're going out and tanking for. Have we have we come up with a, a tanking for like a I – don't, I don't even know if he's like the shoe-in number one. I, I, he, I think he's like a top two or three, but I don't know if it is, you know, the some years you have the, the one guy and we start that, the Zion or whatever. Although I will remember Riggin for Wiggins. Riggin that, for that, Wiggins, sorry for Jabari. That, those were sorry, the ones that – Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> neither of those really worked out the way that that was supposed to go. Crying um, for Zion, what was that one? Yeah, it might have been that. I think the thing, though, with Shea, you asked, like, who's the other guy? This setup right now that they have, because they didn't really luck out in the lottery this year, yeah. the setup they have, I, I, I don't expect most of these guys to be part of the final form of this team. Yeah. You've got a bunch of guys that are going to get more opportunities than they probably would in other places. And because of that, you probably just it, – it's more like Philadelphia where you had Holmes and Jeremy Grant and, like, good players, but not good enough that you could afford – you know, we're going to develop them for four years and extend them and this or that. Like, 
by the time they're ready to go, they're probably going to be elsewhere. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. So, yeah, we'll be looking out for them. Go listen to Locked on Thunder if you're interested in uh, draft coverage starting in probably December. <laughs> All right, let's get into our next team, the Phoenix Suns. My big question for them, was, last, was last year an outlier? I, I think that, that has to be a big question. And then, or maybe you could say, can Chris Paul keep it up? Can Chris Paul continue another year of, of the same play? Which one, actually, let, let me ask you, which one did you lead to? Would you lead, yeah. their big question is, was last year an outlier? Or can Chris Paul continue his, you know, all-NBA type play? Easily the second one, because I think the first one is a resounding no. That's a very good team. Um, they, like I was talking about with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Suns were a team that were better than their record two years ago. So when they made that leap, when they add Chris Paul and then you make the leap, it felt like, oh my gosh, this all happened at once. But it, I think it was, they were just a contender in hiding, a one piece away contender in hiding. But they might have actually gotten better just by virtue of Devin Booker should be better. DeAndre Ayton should be better. Mikhail Bridges should be better. Yep. I like JaVale McGee. I know that's a small move, but it is a, but it's a backup center that in a playoff series, that gives you 10 minutes. That's all it is. 10 minutes a game, and now you have the guy. That's Olympic gold medalist JaVale McGee oh, to you, you by the way. <laughs> Olympic gold medalist. But they, right. they really needed a guy like that. I was just talking with sure. Brendan Clean, Locked on Suns on, uh, on Locked on Mavs, and they, like when Sarge went down with that injury in the finals, they right. really were yep. hurting to have yep. another center that could at least stand in the way of Giannis at, at the rim, basically. So, yeah, no they, do, they add that, the internal development of all those guys. Chris Paul should, should have to not play as much and not carry as much. Maybe he won't hold himself back enough. But, yeah, I think that – yeah, I don't think last year was, was an outlier, but did an, enough teams get better or did enough teams get healthy enough to make well, it so that it's tougher for the Suns? Well, it's going to be tougher. Look, there's, this is not taking away from them that they had a relatively easy route to the finals last year, yeah. playing a banged-up Nuggets team, a banged-up Lakers team, a banged-up Clippers team. They didn't play a single healthy team. That being said, that's the breaks. And if we translate that now to the regular season here – Nobody is healthy except for the Utah Jazz and the and the uh, uh, Phoenix the Suns. <laughs> well, of, of the top, I'm talking about. I don't have the oh, map right wow, in that tier. I've, wow, got, a, I've got a tier below that, but uh, so, so we'll have to are the Nuggets there? Uh, they are in that tier, but they're hurt, so they're they're okay. down. They're down, but uh, All right. but, but that's what I mean. Is I think that <laughs> if I look at this, and you said who's going to win the West regular season this year? I would probably take Phoenix. I think that they have a great shot of repeating as a top two seed and maybe even as the number one seed. Let's move on to our next team, the Phoenix or the uh, Portland Trailblazers. My big question for them is Dane cool now? Like, are, is everything all good? There was all that talk, all the rumors, all the stuff. And then all of a sudden, there's just like radio silence, like just nothing from them about Dame. And so they're just going to run into the season. Chauncey Billups leading this team now. Uh, everything seems like they're just going to roll it back. I think Dame is a, a, a professional, a true professional, and, and I, I think that he's probably ready for the season. He's probably approaching it with open eyes, but also an open <laughs> mind. And this is a team that added some interesting pieces. No team have I started the summer low lowest on and then risen so much as yeah. I have with Portland because even when they made the moves, I thought, hmm, okay. But I see the roster assembled now. Larry Nance Jr. is a really good Great. player and might be a guy that's like uh, – a breakout candidate now that he's playing on a new team, a new roster here. And you got Cody Zeller, who I think is a salt, a very, very good backup center, might be the best backup center in all of the NBA. So I look at them and I think they lost pieces that didn't really matter. Ennis Cantor, Carmelo Anthony, Derek Jones Jr., Zach Collins. 
lost pieces that didn't matter, and they white replaced them. Right? They well, they I think did they? Uh, oh yeah, it was Whiteside. Yeah, it was Whiteside. <laughs> he's in Utah now. So yeah, guys that didn't really matter, but you yeah, add, right. <laughs> you replace them with players that are good. Like oh, that's a rotation piece in the playoffs. So I think Portland might be sneaky good. I still don't know if they're true contenders, but they are good enough now to beat any of the contenders out west. Mm, yeah, uh, Whiteside was in Sacramento last year. My bad. Right. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there, there's now. there's a lot of solid stuff with the Blazers, and they made a Western Conference Finals a couple years ago. So it's not like yeah. <laughs> uh, well, are we doing the yeah. same thing with the Suns with the Finals? Uh, I mean, look, yeah, they they made a Western Conference Finals. That is a true statement. I'm just saying they've showed some potential to to go in and win a fi- win a playoff right. series, and you know, win a couple. I'm right. not saying they're they're going to the finals or anything like that, but. Uh, yeah, they, they've this core has proven that they can do that. They have, you know, Robert Covington and, and Nance now with Nurkic hopefully in, healthy and coming into right. the season. That's going to be huge for them. They missed him for a lot of the year last year. Uh, maybe that's enough to get their defense to like admirable <laughs> to where that they Larry, can. Larry Nance alone, I mean, he's a really yeah. good defensive player. So I do I, look. I think Portland is going to surprise people. If you ask me, where do they finish in the West in the regular season? They might. They might be the fourth seed or fifth seed. I think they might even be the fourth seed. And that would that means somebody good is not going to be uh, is going to be on the road for a first round playoff series. Wow! There you go. You heard it here first. All right, coming up, let's get into our next teams, our last teams in the NBA: the Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and the Utah Jazz. We got to tread carefully on that one, as the namesake <laughs> of this network is probably just listening in his car, like ready for us to pounce on his team. But we'll talk about those teams coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about RockAuto.com. Rock Auto is the place that you go if you need a part for your car. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or if you're a guy that has somebody that can put the part on for you and you just want to spend less on parts, go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck. They have a really good and easy way to navigate their website. It just You look up the make, the model, the year, all that of your car. It's all laid out right in front of you, and then you see all the parts available for your car or truck. They even have easy stuff to replace, like wipers. They have uh, carpet. You can just, just, just pull that out and just put the... Put it back on. If somebody messed up your carpet or burned it or whatever, you can just burned replace your carpet. it. Wow. I, I don't know. Smoking. I don't know. You can do anything in your car. Burn your carpet. Uh, obviously, I'm a big car guy. And so I big use car Rock guy. Auto. Big car guy. I love this. <laughs> I use Rock Auto all the time. But go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right. Locked on. And there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Also, I'm going to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. Let's look up Adams Denver Broncos, the DNVR Broncos. Undefeated Denver Broncos. You were not high on the Denver Broncos when we were talking about <laughs> I'm high on them now. So, I'm high on them now, Nick. <laughs> uh, they are playing uh, this Sunday, it seems, and they are Jets. playing the New York Jets. Uh, the J is for just awful. Uh, yep, the Broncos right. are a 10 and a half point Woo! favorite at home against the Jets. Is that too high? No, no, it's never too high for Teddy Two Gloves, man. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. If you want to, if you want to bet on Teddy Two Gloves with 10 and a half points to cover that spread, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code NFL100 right now, and you can get a 100% welcome bonus with whatever you put down. Put 100 bucks, and you can bet 200 bucks on Teddy Two Gloves and the Denver Broncos. So go check that out. Betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Adam, let's get into our last teams. We've run around the NBA, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I got a couple questions for them. There's the normal questions: the how much longer for Luke Walton than Monty McNair, right? Those, are that, but that's like a normal 
Sacramento Kings question. That's like the, right. the constant turmoil. And we've talked about, you know, GMs in, in chaos right now. My big question is, can Tyrese Halliburton take a leap? Can he take the next step and become, you know, like a solid starter or even like a, you know, a really, really fun, interesting player to where him and De'Aaron Fox can be like, all right, we're taking this team to a, to a level, maybe, <laughs> maybe not a next a level, level, but, but a level <laughs> to a level. Um, I think absolutely with him. I mean, he's a great player. He's got a lot of avenues to be, you know, he's got so many different skills that I think that he is, is certainly going to be a better player this year. What's interesting for me though, with regards to him, I love Davion Mitchell. He might be my favorite player in this draft. I think he is a stud. I think he's a beast. I think he's a Drew Holiday clone. He's going to be one of the toughest guys to, for other guards to go up against right from day one. And they've also got De'Aaron Fox. I wonder, my question for them would more be about which of those guys are their future and when do you need to make that decision? Is it this year? Is it next year? Is it really soon so you can clear minutes for Davion Mitchell? I don't know because I really like him and I really like Halliburton and Fox. Well, he had a chance to have the keys to the to to the bus and and they haven't really gone anywhere. Well, but you got Fox with the, the contract that kicks in this year, so they have him for the next five years. So he's gonna be sticking around. The other two guys, like you, you mentioned, do they? Are, are I'm saying, I'm saying, do they have to stick to Fox? I mean, I know he has a big contract. I, I, I right? guess, I guess not. I mean, it might not be. I don't know how many teams are going to be clamoring for him on that deal, but. I, I look at that and I think De'Aaron Fox is my third favorite of the three guards <laughs> that they have. He had a really underrated year last year, though. He's I, good. I think he, he went to twenty-five points a game, seven assists a game. Like he was actually pretty so, pretty solid numbers last year. And I wonder if those three guys can play together at all, right? Or are you just give it because defensively, maybe shooting wise, you're not getting enough from those guys. Yeah, I hope they at least try it, right? Because that that's going to be the fun the fun thing of watching this. Kings yeah. team is these three guards and how they work together. I would be a little higher on the Kings if they did have a different coaching staff. Um, but I, I am excited for that backcourt because it is, it is a really, really fun backcourt. Uh, no big questions about Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heal. We'll make some kind of move, I think, during the year. But <laughs> it's a very loaded backcourt, man. Ooh, that's a loaded backcourt. Bagley, I mean, who knows? What, what I don't have. How can I have a thought on him? How wild is it? The number two pick in the draft, just like we're like, all right. Forget it. How, that happens so often, it feels like. he's He was an interesting enough prospect that I wouldn't have – there's some guys. We talked about Jabari, Par, uh, yeah, Jabari Parker earlier. It's like, yeah, I'm not that surprised about that one. Um, <laughs> Arm Bagley, we just never even saw the good parts of his game. We rarely saw the good parts of his game. So it's been, it's been a really rough start for him. Yeah, you had to be really watching some Kings games to be like, oh, I see the potential for a 20 and 10 guy in there, right? Like somewhere. Yeah. Injuries, off court stuff, like all that stuff, man. I mean, there's just so many things that have derailed it. It adds up. All right, our second to last team, the San Antonio Spurs of San Antonio. Uh, my big question for them is if you've ever watched Phineas and Ferb, there's a there's a character named Isabella, and she always comes up to Phineas and Ferb and she says, What you doing? That's my big question for the Spurs. <laughs> What are you? What are they doing? Like, what's the what's the plan? What what's the direction? Uh, I think obviously that the big national question for them is going to be when will Pop step down? I think that he's going to get that mm -hmm. question like anytime somebody comes in and is you know, visiting. But uh, yeah, what are the Spurs doing? <laughs> well, they're building a good defense. I don't know if it's going to be good enough, um, but they are a team that I look at and I go, okay, they might be a top five defense in the NBA. I could I could see that happening. They have a bunch of Spurs like guys that you can get to buy in obviously you have DeJounte Murray still uh, Derek White but yep. um I, I look at them Jakob Pertl's a 
that's what he does well is he's a defender. That you add Thad Young, he's another good defender. Yeah. They just got a lot of defenders, so maybe that's their ticket is they have ugly basketball that wins with defense. <laughs> ugly basketball that wins with defense, the San Antonio Spurs story. They also have uh, like gold medal winning Keldon Johnson too, right? Like There you go. Yes, yeah, that's right. This is a very Spurs team. I will say this. I would not be surprised if this team outperforms their expectations, not because they have the talent that's what? on this roster, but because of that. Like You almost have a college-like roster where it's like, yeah, none of these guys are good enough to take over, so they'll all just play this system. Yeah, they have a bunch of super young guys and then a bunch of guys that could just like could develop, could pop, right? Like that still have uh Vassal. They did draft the youngest guy in the draft, you know, Josh Primo. They took right. a chance on Zach Collins. Lonnie Walker's still really young. Keldon Johnson still could take a you know another leap and do something. Uh they took a chance on Trey Jones. There's like a bunch of different guys on this team that can still do something. Uh, the really young roster outside of Thad Young and Al Farouk Aminu. It, and I guess Doug McDermott to an extent. It's really, really young. Yeah, do you think Doug McDermott's like, man, what was I doing? He must river, really love the river walk or something. Like uh, That's what it is, the Alamo. He just, <laughs> like, I just got to remember the Alamo every day. Just got to keep going back. All right, our final team, the Utah Jazz up in Salt Lake. My question yeah. for them is, how much longer are they going to keep running back this same yep. team with Mitchell and Gobert, right? Like it's, it's, can they take another step? Can they, can they do it in the playoffs? Basically uh, we've seen them do it in the regular season and how many, how many more years are they just going to run this back? So our boss, David Locke has an interesting point with Utah here. And of course he, he he's going to put the optimistic glasses on when he looks at his own team, the For Utah sure. Jazz. But you look at the Milwaukee Bucks over the last three years. They did get better. Giannis made some important improvements mentally, I think, to prepare for himself for this opportunity. But as important to that, if not more important, was they finally got things to break their way just in terms of some of the matchups. Like they ended up getting a path to the finals at work. And maybe we are in a moment in time in the NBA where that's where it is. Are the Utah Jazz meaningfully better? Maybe Donovan Mitchell takes a big leap. I mean, he's still really young, so maybe, maybe they improve in that one way. But outside of that, I think you just look at it and go, was it inevitable that they lost to the Nuggets in the bubble? Was it inevitable that they lost to the Clippers last last year? I don't think it was. And maybe this is just a, hey, keep keep throwing your hat in the ring, and one year you'll have the nice, easy path, and things will break your way, and then you're a championship team. Uh, I mean, that's the optimistic spin. Yeah, and they, you know, Mike Conley was hurt last year. Donovan Mitchell was dealing with injuries last year, so maybe that you give them a, a little bit of a pass there. But that losing the Clippers without Kawhi is just – is, is Tough. was brutal Tough. for them last year. So yeah, you hope that the right matchups break for them this year to where it's not in a couple years from now or next year where all these guys are just getting older, right? Joe Ingles, right. 33, Mike Conley, 33, Boyan Bogdanovich, 32. All these guys at Rudy Gay, they just signed 35. Like, uh, yeah, they didn't make a ton of, they didn't make a ton of moves, but they brought in Rudy Gay, Eric Pasco, who's you know, apparently best friends with Donovan Mitchell. People are excited about interesting Hassan, Hassan Whiteside. They bring in, Ooh. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> we talked about earlier. Uh, but, yeah, they may have different looks that they can throw out there. It'll just be interesting. Also, new ownership. Seems like new ownership of teams. Try, they try to make a splashy move. Maybe this is the year they, they get to you know trade deadline, and they're like, we're not satisfied with this, what this team looks like, and they, they try and do something. I would be surprised by that because unless the team – the only way I could see that happening is if the Utah Jazz are having a miserable regular season, and I don't think that's the case. I think Philadelphia – or, I'm sorry – Phoenix and Utah are once again healthy and very competent, and they're. I just. I think they're going to be the one-two seeds again out west. Health is not guaranteed for everyone. 
<laughs> Definitely not. But at least you have a head start. That's the thing. Yeah, that's, that's at least they're not starting unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. There you go. Utah Jazz, a big question. How will uh, how long will they keep running back Gobert and Mitchell? Well, we'll see that. They should be a pretty good regular season team. Go listen to Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Nuggets. Great stuff from both of us coming out uh, every single day. We're going to be starting back five days a week on our shows on Monday, so go check out that. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA on YouTube if you have not. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown NBA.